Diesel Powered Podcast, your Diesel Punk Comics microcast for Wednesday, June the 17th, 2015. And we got a very special treat tonight. Not only are we broadcasting on the Diesel Powered Podcast Network, but we are also simulcasting on Comic Stravaganza Live on the audio feed through iTunes. So you can be hearing this program on iTunes, Stitcher, either the Diesel Powered Podcast or Comic Stravaganza, whichever one you prefer and love. And I am your host, of course, the artist also known as Big Daddy Cool. And on the line with me is an old pal. And I old, but I mean, like, I've known him a long time. Not that he's old or ancient or anything. Now, he might argue with that. I don't know. But uh, Martin Powell is back with us. Say hello, Martin. Hello. Good to be back. That was great. You nailed your cues. I love that. Uh, and also with us is uh, illustrator extraordinaire Diana Lido. Hi, thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. And I got to tell you, Diana, I, I am a sucker for, for redheads. <laughs> well, thank you. And, and your Skype profile picture is, is rather entrancing. It's all those Joan Holloway Mad Men episodes I watched. <laughs> Actually, you kind of have this look on your face like, are you serious? <laughs> really? Oh, okay. So maybe it's Batman animated series then. <laughs> That's funny, funny, funny. Well, Martin gave me a buzz this week and said, hey, John, we'd love to come back on the program and talk about a new project. And I was telling you guys this off the air before we went live that um, Martin's last appearance created quite a ratings spike for us. We average two to 3,000 downloads of the Diesel Powered Podcast every week. But his last episode talking about, um, uh, what were we talking about, uh, Martin? We were talking about Carter of Venus. Carson of Venus. Yeah, yes. Carson of Venus. And um, we had 10,000 downloads, over 10,000 of that episode alone. Um, you were a huge hit. So uh, when you said you wanted to come back, how am I going to resist that? So you are here with Diana and you guys have an exciting project that are hitting shelves uh, in general retail bookstores, uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million tomorrow, Tuesday, the 16th. But comic shops, it'll be hitting on the 17th, Wednesday, New Comic Day. And it is called Jungle Tales of Tarzan. And uh, this is a project that you guys uh, are doing with the uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs um, uh, estate. Uh, Martin, you wrote the uh, the book. Diana is the creative director and, and one of the illustrators. Did I get that right? Correct. Yes. Yes. All right. Tell us about Jungle Tales of Tarzan. Oh, my. You want me to go first? <laughs> go ahead. Um, well, it was something that... Um, that struck me, it's been, I don't know what, almost three years now, I guess, when we first started, started up with it's this. It's almost three years, yeah. Wow, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> it's pretty cool, terrible, right? Actually. <laughs> um, we're, we were connected through Sesquintial Pulp uh, Comics, which is um, 
uh, an imprint of Dark Horse Comics. And Dark Horse, of course, right now has the license, the official license to, uh, to Edgar Rice Burroughs' Tarzan. And um, I thought about uh, doing a Tarzan book for them, and I, I wanted to do something different that hadn't been done before. And it occurred to me that Burroughs, um, his own Tarzan book, I think this was the sixth Tarzan, Tarzan book he wrote is in 1919, uh, was composed of 12 individual short stories and all taken together, they do tell a complete story. Uh, he wrote them in various magazines at the time uh, under the title of Jungle Tales of Tarzan. And I thought it might be interesting to to get um, to recruit 12 different artists, very different artists, mm-hmm. um, to illustrate each story, each one with their own particular style and their own particular vision and just let them go with it and see what they do. I thought it would be visually a lot of fun. I've always loved, loved that kind of anthology myself, and um, it's not done very often today. And I thought it would uh, be, be fun to kind of bring it back, and I pitched it to um, Michael Hudson at uh, Sesquintial Pulp, and he liked the idea, and before long, the Burroughs people were on board, so we got up and cooking. And um, I asked Diana if she wanted to be involved. If originally, um, just as an illustrator of one of the stories, but uh, eventually her her part became much larger, as I'll, I'll let her talk about that. But uh, she did become the creative director of the book. The book, in a lot of ways, is her vision, uh, really. And it's, uh, it's oh, a beautiful, beautiful book. Uh, I think people are going to be stunned when they see it. It's a really beautiful book. It's one of the, the the most gorgeous Tarzan books I've ever seen, and there's a lot of really nice Tarzan books out there. Yeah, there are. So I'm excited to hear more about that. Diana, talk to us a little bit about the uh, the design, the layout, the artwork, the illustration, folks involved in this. Oh well, it was really exciting when Martin came to me with the idea because. I really love also graphic novels that have all these different artists in it. And what I really love about Martin's writing and his personality is I think he's an Edgar Rice Burroughs aficionado and uh, he knows everything there is, but I'm sort of just diving into Edgar Rice Burroughs and I didn't know about the story. So when he started telling me that it was a prequel to Meeting Jane, I was really excited because I'm starting to really enjoy these stories and it's this nice combination where we have someone who's known the stories for a while and then another person who's starting to get the known stories for the first time. And I wanted to approach the book as something that people who have loved Edgar Rice Burroughs and Tarzan for a long time, but also for the next generation so they can become familiar and sort of have the legacy live on in that way. Very cool. Who are uh, some of the artists uh, involved in the uh, in the graphic novel? <laughs> we were just talking about this long list of amazing artists we have. So if you can bear with me, and I'm sorry if I pronounced the names wrong, but it's... it's... <laughs> Did you want to do it with me, or should I just do it? Um, if you need help, ask me, I guess. I'm looking at the list, too. <laughs> Well, the whole book is written by the amazing Martin Powell, and mine is the first story. But aside from us, there's also Pablo Marcos, Diego Rondon, Oscar Gonzalez, Lowell Isaac, Will Mignot, Nick Paliquo, Stephen E. Gordon, Jamie Chase, Terry Beatty, Mark Wheatley, Sergio Corellio, Patrick Gama, Dave Lathnier, Thomas M. Aranda, Carlos Antuglio. I said it wrong. You said it. I, I, I think that's close. <laughs> okay. Darren Mater, 
Thomas Floyd, Steve Price, Lewis Henry Mitchell, and of course, Thomas Yates. Yay! Very good. Very well done. You kind of takes you I back should... to uh, vacation Bible school when you had to memorize all the books. That, uh, all the... <laughs> yeah, except there's more little accents and different uh, nationalities and everything in here. Yeah. yeah. So... I should mention, too, by the way, that uh, Diana, as far as I know, is the only uh, female Tarzan artist that's actually been involved with the character, at least, uh, at least literary-wise. Um, oh, thank you. So she's she's the first one. It's taken over a hundred years, but finally that's happened. Uh, I don't know why it took so long, uh, but she so she does have that distinction. She's she's the only female Tarzan artist that I know of. Period. As far as I know. Ever in but, history. Well, aside from from the anime, some of the animators. I think aside Disney, from Disney's, I'm not. I'm not. I could be wrong, but I think I might be the first graphic novel format. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, for comics. I'm not familiar of any other comic book artist, uh, female comic book artist that's, that's ever drawn Tarzan. <laughs> Which is another reason why I wanted her for this too. Yeah, so I'm Thank I'm you. looking at your panels right now, Diana, and oh. um, on uh, Amazon.com you can do a sneak peek and look inside. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and uh, I, I I love basically you you're doing. Um, uh, painted panels. Yeah, I tried a, a more. Martin and I talked about it, and the first story is Tarzan's first love, and we both wanted to have sort of a fairy tale feel to it, um, especially since a lot of the other artists we have are more um, classic comic, comic book looking stories. But some other people take liberties, which is kind of the cool thing about the book. But for my story, I really wanted to have a watercolor soft romantic-ish, and then a mystical feel to it. Is that the way you would describe it, Martin? Sure, yeah. It, it, it's. I mean, it's the first story in the book, and so it does set things up. Um, and it is different than all the others in tone. I mean, I'm talking about Burroughs himself. I mean, that one's different than the rest of the book. Uh, it's a very sweet, um, you know, kind of gentle story um, that, uh, that immediately shows the reader something it's you know something that happens to tarzan that happened to all of us which is he he falls in love when he's about uh well he's about in he's in his late teens in this in this book and falls in love for the first time and he's never seen a human being before and so it's actually with one of the female apes of the tribe and of course she doesn't want to have anything to do with him mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of a, a you know a heartbreaking romance in a way yeah uh, and as a way of his him becoming a man too, uh, he he does some very heroic things in here, makes some very heroic decisions, very selfless decisions, uh, that leads him on the path that he's going to take, which is the whole purpose behind all of these twelve tales. It was Burroughs' way of showing how uh, Tarzan became the king, the Lord of the Apes, the King of the Apes. Um, this is it wasn't just one day that it happened. He he went through a series of trials, almost like the uh, the labors of Hercules in order to reach, you know, to reach it, to attain that. Yeah. One of the great things about these stories is I love how Tarzan sort of learns something about himself in each story. He's a very different person by the end of the book than he is at the beginning. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Different in each story, actually, by the end of each story. He's, uh, she's right. It's, it's a, it's a transforming, um, 
uh, exercise almost, I think that Burroughs was doing, trying to show, um, you know, how, what really makes him so special. You know, um, he's a special... It, he, Burroughs once described, I think the best way to describe the character of Tarzan, he once described him as um, not neither man nor ape, but with the best qualities of both. And I think that's the best way to describe him in these stories, too. Now, Martin, last time we talked, um, you know, we, we were talking about how Carson of Venus, you know, fit into the mold of the uh, diesel punk genre, the, the you know, retro futuristic uh, genre. And Tarzan was written in the in the same time period. Um, let's see. Burroughs was writing what up until 49. Yes. Uh, he died in 1950. Yeah. Um, Tarzan first appeared in, in uh, 1912. Um, the year the Titanic sank. Yes. And <laughs> yes, that's that's true. Wow. Uh, he, um, I've, I've, I'm not going to, I'm not going to quote it here because I'm not sure of my facts, but I think there's a connection between Burroughs and the Titanic. Really? That I remember hearing from someone. I heard it at a, uh, at a Burroughs convention, so I, I you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure of the of the complete uh, complete facts. I'll have to Google it myself. But well, he, he he's one of those kind of guys. I mean, he had he often seemed to be in the right place at the right time. He actually eyewitnessed Pearl Harbor happen. Um, he was actually on vacation with his son in Hawaii when Pearl the day Pearl Harbor happened. Really? Uh, yes. Um, and he uh, so he he actually got to see that, and this was at a time when he was, uh, without doubt, the 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 best selling author on the planet. That's what a lot of people have forgotten today is he was the Edgar Rice Burroughs was the Stephen King of his day. You know he um, everyone knew who he was, uh, the whole world did. He sold hundreds of millions of books during his lifetime. Tarzan was the most popular character of the twentieth century. Um, there's more books, there's more movies made about Tarzan than any other character except for Dracula. And he inspired count, countless other writers and movie producers today. I don't think we would have Star Wars, say, if it no. wasn't for Edgar Rice Burroughs. I, I would no. agree with that. Um, you know, Martin and I talked about this the last time that, you know, one of the greatest strengths of the uh, John Carter movie that Disney did was also its greatest weakness. And, and that was that it is the source material for modern science fiction, mm-hmm. but people have forgotten that. And so now they see it and they think, Oh, Disney just ripped off every other movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, true. I, I was, I was in a comic book shop once not long after the first Lord of the Rings movie uh, came out, fellowship of the ring and heard two fans saying, did you see that fellowship of the rings movie? And the guy said, yeah, they really ripped off dungeons and dragons. <laughs> So yeah, that you know what you're dealing with sometimes. Yeah, oh, that drives me crazy. Let, let's not get started on that. But um, <laughs> so interesting here, Diana, that you guys are also working together on Cave Girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. So were you doing that project before mm-hmm. this one started? Yeah. And yeah. How, how did oh, that kind of prepare you for your work on Tarzan and and the relationship that you have with Martin? Oh, well, Martin and I worked previously to that on the Halloween Legion, which we co-own, and I was part illustrator on. And he... Great, great book, by the way. Thank you. If anyone's listening, go out and get Halloween Legion, like, today. (laughs) 
And he approached me with the cave girl, which I w immediately fell in love with. So it's been really cool talking to Martin about all these Edgar Rice Poe's uh, sort of faraway places and stories that I never knew about. And he introduced me to the cave girl who's sort of the female Tarzan and mm -hmm. also reminded me a lot of Wonder Woman. So I was thrilled to start working on it with Edgar Rice Burroughs and Martin. And we kind of have this feminist, uh, strong woman of the jungle thing going on. If you guys want to check it out on EdgarRiceBurroughs.com. That's one of the things about Burroughs that was very, um, he, he was far ahead of his time on for several reasons. And one of them was that Almost all of his um, female leads are very strong women. They're not the typical pulp, um, pulp fiction damsels in distress. They they don't wait around to, to be rescued. That doesn't mean that you know Tarzan's not going to rescue Jane now and again. But in a Burroughs book, quite often you know the his female leads are are just as capable as the men are. Um, yeah, he, I think he was really contemporary and ahead of his time. I thought it was really interesting when I started reading The Cave Girl and Waldo Emerson Smith crashes on Cave Girl's Island. And I thought that's just like Steve Trevor crashing on Paradise Island. <laughs> well, that may have been the template. <laughs> Could well have been. Uh, he wrote Cave Girl very early on, too, just uh, uh, shortly after, around the same time as Tarzan, really. It's a very one of his really early books. Um, I mean, he wrote a, a number of things. I mean, he wrote almost almost 100 novels in his lifetime. Uh, only 24 of those are Tarzan books. Uh, so he he really uh, he was a remarkable remarkable fellow. He didn't seem to think so necessarily himself, uh, but he was and uh, very very prolific. He always seemed to kind of uh, downgrade himself. Of course, at the time, his his big literary rivals were F. Scott Fitzgerald and Ernest Hemingway. Um, and so he always felt very inferior to them, but he outsold them by millions. Um, I can see the Hemingway in his stories. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can too, actually. Yeah. And, and I'm surprised there's actually, uh, he and Hemingway were a lot alike, uh, personality-wise, too, and in, in, in their interests, but apparently they uh, they weren't friends. Um, I, don't, I don't know if, if they ever even actually met. Uh, but Burroughs was kind of a private guy for everything. Uh, you know, he was, like I said, one of the most uh, po popular authors of his time. But you're not, you won't find any um, uh, radio interviews with him or newsreel interviews. Apparently, there were a few of those, but I think they've been lost to time, unfortunately. He just wasn't the type of guy to do that. Um, mm. He was something. He was really something of a family man, and, and that's what he did. Wrote the books and uh, stayed out on his ranch and. Tarzana, California, which he named after Tarzan when he bought the bought the whole town. Um, remarkable fellow in a lot of ways. I really don't think that we would be talking comics at all today without him, because if he hadn't created Tarzan and John Carter of Mars, I really don't think that Superman would have ever been created. And without mm -hmm. Superman, it wouldn't be an industry that we know. Well, mm -hmm. and am I correct in saying that the uh, Tarzan newspaper strip is still running today? It is. It is. Um, I, I don't know how prevalent it is in, in the United States, but I know in Europe it's still very, uh, uh, very popular, and I think also Australia as well. I've got to imagine that that's one of the longest-running strips, along with the Phantom and Mandrake. 
I believe it is. And Burroughs was very farsighted. He, when he saw the 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 emergence of of, of comic strips in the newspapers, he immediately thought of Tars of putting Tarzan in there. I mean, it wasn't something that uh, he studied about for years and years and pondered it. He right away knew that this was a good thing to do. The same thing when motion pictures got started, he decided to not only approach them with his Tarzan uh, material, but he actually moved his whole family to California for that reason, because he saw a huge industry coming from the movies. And, you know, movies, you know, Hollywood was just being invented. Nobody even knew if the, it was going to last. Uh, so he, but he invested a lot into that. And again, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he was a great businessman. He really was. So I, I was just doing a little Googling here while, while we were talking. Um, just because just I was curious about some of, uh, some of Burroughs' contemporaries. You mentioned Hemingway and um, um, oh, who was the other writer that you mentioned? Um, That's not Fitzgerald. Yeah, Fitzgerald. But uh, kind of before and during Burroughs' time, you had Jules Verne and uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm-hmm. Um, to your knowledge, Martin, do you know what um, influence they had on his work, if any, or mm-hmm. what he thought about their work? Well, um, it's a really good question. I, um, I, I think that you can't help but uh, but see Jules Verne's influence in Burroughs' work, um, particularly something like uh, at the Earth's core. Um, and uh, and his 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 books of the moon, mm-hmm. um, um, he I, I know that he must have uh, he must have read those books and also H. G. Wells. Um, as far as Conan Doyle, there was a it's in one of the the later editions of Tarzan um, when he was putting shorter Tarzan stories uh, in the books, two or three stories per book. He did a um, a series of like jungle mysteries where Tarzan was kind of a jungle detective, and I remember seeing some correspondence where Burroughs mentioned like you know Tarzan being a a jungle bred Sherlock Holmes, so he was certainly aware of Holmes. Um, whether or not he read Conan Doyle, I'm not sure, but I I don't see how he could not have, especially with the influence of something like The Lost World that that would have had on Burroughs. I'm sure. Sure. Well, and, and what made me start thinking about that is you were talking about um, his his connection to the Titanic and being at Pearl Harbor. And it seems like writers from our early days, uh, the, you know, the founding fathers of literature, were very interesting, peculiar people who led very interesting, exciting lives. And <laughs> it reminded me of a book that is coming out um, about Arthur uh, Conan Arthur. Conan Arthur Doyle, easy for you to say, that actually suggests that he might be Jack the Ripper. Uh, Have you heard about this? I, I've I heard a rumor of something like that some years ago. That's utter boulder dash, but uh, <laughs> well, uh, I guess whatever. You do to, to book. Well, uh, anyway. I, I know that Conan Doyle had some ideas on who Jack the Ripper was, and they were ingenious. Well, apparently the the book you know, suggests that uh, everyone has has postulated that uh, Jack the Ripper was part of his circle, his social circle. They had a, a club that met, um, but uh, I don't know. This book, the uh, strange case of Doctor Doyle, is what it's called. And uh, anyway, 
I thought that was interesting, and you got me thinking about that while you were talking about him be, uh, Burroughs being at Pearl Harbor and w- witnessing it. Um, anyway, uh, what other, uh, what what else do you want our listeners to know about Jungle Tales of Tarzan? Um, well, I would say that um, we try to connect each artist with a specific style to each story, and I think that comes across when you look through the book. Uh, first of all, they're all Edgar Rice Burroughs fans, and they were thrilled to work on this project. So as a creative director, you can't ask for more than that. And uh, I was really thrilled to get the book last week because, like Martin said, it's been three years in the making. So I actually haven't looked at these pages in a while. It's funny when a book comes out because you haven't worked on it in a while, and you kind of look at it with fresh eyes. But um, I was really honored and Please to flip through the book because you can see the passion and the heart that everybody poured into this book. And um, since uh, we're on the air, I might as well say that I just want to thank them all personally because this book would not look as beautiful if they hadn't done all this work for Tarzan and Edgar Rice Burroughs and us. Absolutely. Everyone went above and beyond. Yeah, Uh, way beyond, yes. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at some of the artwork right now on Amazon. Uh, just some great, great stuff. Man, Mark Wheatley's work on The Nightmare. I was just going to bring that up. He personally asked to do The Nightmare, and uh, you can tell that he just had a blast creating that. And it just is it, – it's outstanding. I mean, everyone is outstanding, but you can tell everybody had a personal touch in the book. Yeah, it's 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 gorgeous. Um Looking at uh, Lowell Isaac's panels, golly, they're explosive. <laughs> Pablo Marcus, just beautiful painterly work. And then you get uh, Nick. Uh, I'm gonna Nick Caliquo, um, Yeah, his work is beautiful, and and I really love his use of white space. It's fun as a both a designer and an illustrator to flip through the pages and to see uh, not only the illustrated talents that these artists have, but also the use of line weight and space in the designs. And they're all so good at the, what they do that they apply it to the stories. Yeah, well, you know, Nick has a very uh, Joe Kubert, Kubert uh, style to his work, that Al Williamson Kubert style. And, you know, so fans of classic Tarzan illustration will really dig that. And, you know, looking at uh, Stephen Gordon, he's got kind of a more um, very modern um, commercial animated style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Chase, man, use of uh, negative space. Just there's I mean, there's a lot to just feast your eyes on in this book. Thank you. I appreciate that. And of course, um just by listening to Martin here, you can tell that his stories did so much to help with the imagination and the creative process. When someone's putting this artwork on the page, um, the artwork is only as good as the team that you work with. And everything that Martin did for the book, whether it be the writing, which is, of course, amazing, but also, I mean, he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Edgar Rice Burroughs' works. And that fuels your imagination. It gets you motivated. And without that, I don't think the book would be as great as it is. How many pages? Oh my it's goodness. a little bit over 150. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> now, for for you fans listening, 
Um, on Amazon, right now, you can pre-order it for... I just saw the price here. And I... I oh, where'd it go? Um, it was fifteen ninety eight, something like that. Oh, that's it's great. A, yeah, retail price on the shelves is going to be nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It's a hardcover book, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So for for a hardcover book, that that's a bargain. That 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 is a a true bargain. So all of you Tarzan lovers, all of you Edgar Rice uh, Burroughs lovers, run out, get this, make it a smash hit for Martin and Diana. Do <laughs> it for you. them. Um, and I will tell you guys that this week, just as part of our normal program here on the Diesel Powered Podcast, I normally cover, you know, comics that fit that aesthetic, the 1920s through the 40s, that pulp noir, art deco. And there is nothing else of interest hitting shelves this week. Oh, thank no, you. Not only in that genre, but quite honestly, I went through Previews World today, and there was nothing, not one single title other than this one, that even captured my imagination. Oh, my. So this is a good release week for you guys. Oh. Thank you. That's good to hear. I heard some stores online might be sold out. I'm not sure if that's true, but I had a couple of fans. I think you did too, Martin. We're yes. telling us that it's sold out. So if you can get down to the comic book store, please do pick it up as soon as you can. I'm not sure how fast they're flying off the shelves. Well, it, what that what that means is that at the at the distributor level, so Diamond Comic Distributors, they've already sold to the comic shops every copy that they ordered from the publisher. So, Great. so that it is considered a sellout. But they should be available um, in comic shops on shelves starting Wednesday morning. Um, yes. But you do need to hurry because if, <laughs> because if they're sold out at the distributor level, they're going to sell out at the retail level um, usually in about four to five days. So um, – and I'm going to predict that. That's going to be my prediction that it will be a hard sellout at retail and um, – that's my diesel punk prophecy of the week. And um, you guys can uh, bank on that. Well, hey, guys. Well, it's kind of deja vu in a way because the same thing happened with our Halloween Legion. Uh, yes, yeah. It's almost exactly the same. Within the four or five days, it was all gone. Well, uh, that doesn't surprise me because the Halloween Legion is maybe one of the most original story ideas I have seen maybe in the last 10 or 20 years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. We, we love the Halloween Legion. Yes, we do. Yeah, it's First good stuff. Time. And uh, Diana, you're also an artist on My Little Pony. Is that yes, right? I've done work for Sesame Street, Dark Horse Comics, IDW, My Little Pony, just to name a few. And I have, uh, aside from Jungle Tales of Tarzan, I also have uh, another IDW, My Little Pony comic cover coming out in August, number 19. Outstanding. Thank you. And uh, where are you guys going to be next that fans might connect with you? Oh, well, I'm going to be at um, San Diego Comic-Con and the Dum Dum. And then after that will be New York Comic-Con. Ah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be at uh, Liberty Con at, in Chattanooga at the end of the month. Um, not going to San Diego this year. Alrighty then. 
<laughs> I'm not familiar with Liberty Con in Chattanooga. It's yeah, just it's down the road on. from me. Yeah, it's been going on for a few years. It's a it's a good show. It's mostly geared towards sci-fi, uh, but it's kind of an everything's goes kind of thing. And fortunately, I'm uh, enough of a you know, jack of all trades that I usually have something on my table for everybody, really. Um, so uh, you should come out and see it. It's well, you know what? I might do that. You're just uh, down the road about uh, two hours from me. So, uh, yeah. we'll do you mind if I add just something really quickly to Jungle Tales of Tarzan? Go ahead, hit it. Yeah, um, since um, Martin was kind enough to talk about how I won the women in the book, um, we also have a forward by an incredible author named Robin Maxwell, and oh, she's yeah. a writer who worked on this novel called Jane, which is um, a Tarzan story, but from the viewpoint of Jane. And she gave an incredible forward to the book that I just wanted to briefly mention because we're both, Martin and I, very appreciative for it. Yes. Well, very cool. Very much so. She's Robin has been a great supporter of this book since its inception, really. And uh, you know, that was uh, a great thing she did, uh, providing that intro for us. <laughs> well, that's outstanding. Well, hey, guys, I want to thank you guys for being on here. Um, websites? Oh, I'm dianalito.com, L-E-T-O. And Martin? I just hang out on Facebook. I don't have, a, I don't, <laughs> I don't have time for a website. Martin, you're too humble. <laughs> well, I mean, I have a, a you know an author's page on Amazon.com, um, but really, I, I'm I mean, I, I work constantly. Diana could tell you that. So that's true. Um, so yeah, I don't have time to maintain a, a web page or anything like that. But one of these days, maybe. Well, I'll that's do. why you hire people to do it for you. Oh, Martin, <laughs> we got to talk. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I appreciate you guys being on and. Um, uh, we hope to uh, connect with you soon. Um, on behalf of uh, Martin Powell, Diana Lito, I am Big Daddy Cool, Johnny Della Rocket. Swing hard, swing often. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.